Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. And this is the fun part. Um, today we're talking about inflammation. And I was totally inspired by um, a conversation I had this past week and when we were literally sailing and about inflammation. So, and I realized that when you're talking inflammation, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And you could talk about blood pressure, or cholesterol, or autoimmune diseases, or, or uh, you know, coronavirus, and all of these different things, okay, you could be talking about, but it really is based on your philosophy. Like, what do you think is um, really happening? Like, like, is your body designed to live here, or is there a problem? Well, Let's let's look at um, how the body actually works, because there was a really interesting article by the Center for Disease Control, and they said that the people that actually died from COVID was off by 94%. Now, here's the thing. Um, if Do you die with a condition or you die from a condition? Now, that's a very, very important point. Because if you have heart disease, chemotherapy, failed operation, but you tested positive for COVID, you were listed as a COVID death. Now, roughly now there's um, advertised that there's 165,000 people that died from uh, COVID. In fact, the CDC changed those numbers to it's not 165,000, it's 9,900. So, and, and just to put that in perspective, these are people that didn't have underlying conditions and they died and they did a swab and they duplicated the virus and they found the presence of a virus, not a viral load, just the presence of a virus. So, um, the numbers are off 94%, but let's look at other numbers. Iatrogenic deaths every year per year it's 783,000. That's deaths caused by medical care. Heart disease kills almost 700,000 people every year. Uh, cancer disease rates it, it, it kill about over half a million every year. And current estimates uh, are autism is 1 in 28 boys. Now, that means that, that a good portion of our kids will never be able to experience a normal life. Now, according to the CDC, um, they say that there's only 6% of the deaths listed as COVID are from uh, COVID. Uh, now, again, let's put this in perspective. The USA has 330 million people in the ballpark. To have a population like that, there's about 7,700 deaths per day. That's, uh, that's around 2.8 million deaths per year. And this is stuff that, that goes on every day, every year, for forever. And we never do any other response. And I've got some really good data on um, death counts by age group from the CDC. And I'm going to expose that tonight. But you'll see that there's very little danger, very little danger, if you have no comorbid conditions at any age. And then there's a larger danger if you're over 75 and you have more multiple COVID, um, comorbid conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, whatever. It's interesting because all of this 
correlates, like when you look at this article from the Center for Disease Control, it correlates with a Lancet article that came out back in January. And they said that just like all viruses, listen to this, all viruses, all viruses, okay, go through a population. That's part of you being here on the planet. And they said way back in April that there's a lot of things you can do. Okay, you can um, mitigate uh, infectious rates. You can decrease it. But there is nothing you can do to stop it from going through the population. That's how viruses actually work. Like when you're dealing with a virus in an enclosed environment, um, such as a laboratory, you have to wear masks, gloves, have a positive airflow suit, beautiful, and then that way you're going to limit your chance of exposure. To put a bandana on your face and walk around and keep six feet away from somebody and then always be adjusting that bandana, that is ridiculous. Okay, there's no studies that show that that is effective and a ton that show that it's not. So one of the things, because you're hearing a lot of things on the Internet, on social media, everything about the science is settled, the science is this, the science is that. I encourage you to look, um, look at this book. It's called Doctoring the Data by Dr. Malcolm Kendrick. And I've got to read just a little bit of, of the um, preface by another doctor, Dr. David Diamond. And this guy is brilliant. Psychology, molecular pharmacology, physiology. I'm a brilliant guy. Okay, quote, his book is an expose on the broad range of flawed research and treatments, including the unnecessary and unhealthy reduction of cholesterol with statin drugs, the dubious effectiveness of influenza treatment with Tamiflu, and the demonization of saturated fat. Dr. Kendrick has a unique talent to explain the conceptual and methodological flaws in a broad range of scientific studies, which is of value to all clinicians and is presented at the level which can be understood by lay people. I mean, brilliant. Um, so w let's look at inflammation. Uh, but also, what's your philosophy? Are you designed to live here? Um, like, do you want to check your dog and cat's blood pressure and cholesterol level? Okay, is high blood pressure and high cholesterol a disease or a clue that your body's under stress? Uh, is inflammation a, 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 damn, a demon attacking you, like a dragon attacking you, or is it a repair process? So when we get into this, because we have to change your philosophy, but if your philosophy is locked in, that you're in danger, that, that there's a massive, um, massive die-off of our population, uh, then you're not up on the latest statistics. So let's look at inflammation. Two different types, acute and chronic. Now, I'm going to explain chronic inflammation first. And, and think of this. If you scratch yourself, it turns red, and that's inflammation. And inflammation has four different aspects. Pain, redness, heat, and swelling. Um, and, and we always use Latin terms to Latin terms to, um, to to quantify it or and it or qualify it. Tumor, calor, rubor, and dolor. And and that is like classic doctor stuff. Now chronic inflammation. Uh, imagine if because any time you have inflammation in the body, 
It's a repair process of the body, repair process. This means joint inflammation. That's the joints trying to repair. Um, if you have gut inflammation, inflammatory bowel disease, that's the gut trying to repair. Okay, this is why it's foolishness. Um, and remember, the I- iatrogenic illnesses, illnesses that literally um, are caused by our current medical system, um, 783,000 people every year die from that, which is more than heart disease and more than cancer. Uh, we got to understand that there's something not quite right. So understand that inflammation is a healing process of the body. The problem is tissue damage has to occur before that, it, that inflammation occurs. So, so when you look at chronic inflammation, like let's say inflammatory bowel disease, um, uh, inflammatory arthritis conditions, uh, brain inflammation, okay, all of these things, liver inflammation, hepatitis, I mean, all of these things, that means the tissue was damaged first. Uh, so correcting the damage makes sense. Now, there's a ch- old, old, old torture. It's called the death of a thousand cuts. This means that you can get um, d- 10 cuts, small cuts, and you could recover. You get 20 cuts and maybe recover. But eventually, that inflammatory process will exceed, exceed your body's ability to regenerate. And this is why, I mean, we'll get patients in that they have pink skin, pink skin, particularly on the legs, because that's where excess histamines show up on, you know, in people. But, I mean, you'll see it on the arms, face, everything, this, like, red, paler color. And when you touch the skin, it turns white. That is absolutely excess histamines. Now, um, so that means that there's some kind of tissue damage going on in the body. Now, a couple of terms I want you to learn. pH levels, and that's the level of acid to base. Uh, Oxidation, and that's a breakdown, kind of like rust, but it's really the process of breaking down old cells and building up new cells. Uh, Metabolism means build up and break down. Catabolism is just breakdown. Anabolism is just build up. And phytonutrients are are, um, nutrients inside of plants that have developed these nutrients to protect themselves from viruses, bacteria, cancer, pathogens, because plants got to deal with all that stuff too. Now, there's four things that that work to balance your pH. Okay, And, and it's wild because your pH has to be um, maintained through a very, very narrow range. In fact, it has to be between 7.35 and 7.45. If it's it's one point above or below that, uh, you're in deep trouble. You will not be alive. So there's a couple of organs that work to to, to maintain that balance. Uh, you've got respiration, perspiration, urination, uh, and defecation. So we're looking at respiration, perspiration, pooping, and peeping. And also, n- mineral depletion and nutrient depletion can also uh, cause an increase in acidity. Uh, now, what kind of things cause this? Cell destruction, poor diet, drugs, vaccinations, po- pollution, injury, natural aging, and stress. I mean, it, it seems like, no, it can't be that easy, but it really is. It really, really is. 
that the body has these natural processes in order to adapt and thrive on this planet. I mean, there's a really good article out of the Journal of Rheumatology about fibromyalgia being an oxidative stressor. That means fibromyalgia can be an oxidative stressor, and that oxidative metabolic process is the process of breaking down and building up cells. So think of this. So does that mean every time you hear somebody talking about inflammation, it's the tissue breakdown and tissue buildup? So that inflammatory process is done by cytokine 6s. The buildup is by cytokine 10s. So you might say, well, why don't we just stimulate the cytokine 10 cells to build the body without breaking it down first? Well, in order to build a new body, in order to build a new building, you've got to get a clear piece of property. So you've got to clear out the structures that are there, and that's inflammation. So if your body builds cells faster then you break them down, that's called health. If you break down um, a tissue faster than you build tissue, um, that's called uh, uh, disease. I know. Slow up, Bergman. I know. Okay, so what kind of things direct your immune system? Well, let's look at two different things, a Th1 and a Th2 response. A Th1 response is you need a healthy, normal gut flora. And this is regulated by your gut flora, but also by your immune system. Now, normal reactions to any pathogens, and this means virus, fungus, bacteria, yeast, chemicals, food, anything you come in contact with, um, your, your Th1 or immune system response is huge. And this gives a cellular and humoral response. In some cases, you can actually develop a lifetime response and you can pass this on to your relatives. The other type of immune system response is a Th2 response. Now, this is not something you're going to pass on uh, to your relatives or, you know, genetically. This is an acute inflammatory response. Did, what did I tell you? acute inflammatory response. And inflammation is from tissue damage. So it's kind of like if you get a splinter, you don't need to mount a defense against all splinters because that's going to be just a um, basic trauma. But that, um, that if you get multiple splinters, your body's going to be trained to respond with an inflammatory process. And this is why we're seeing a huge number of inflammatory diseases in our population. Why? Because we've never had a population that had 72 doses of 17 different vaccines by the time they're 21, or actually by the time they're 18. So this is a unique um, medical experiment that's going on, and no one has ever seen 72 doses of 17 different vaccines uh, given to somebody, and they mate with somebody who's had the same thing. And then they might have, oh, you know, a couple of courses of antibiotics, maybe they're eating unhealthy, toxic food. And so we're seeing a real sickening of the population. That's the actual true epidemic that's affecting the health of America. Now, when we look, I mean, just look at the kids today. 50%, it's actually 54% of U.S. children have a chronic health condition. 60% of adults have a chronic health condition. Um, it, it's, it's mind-boggling that this stuff is going on, uh, but also you're not hearing about it. Now, so how do we get inflammation to work correctly? 
Well, one thing, when we're looking at um, what causes inflammation, the local inflammation, and this is going to be where joint problems are or an acute reaction, that's easy to solve. The systemic one, the one where the whole body is inflamed, that's the challenge. And if you look at Journal of Toxicology uh, 2014, um, the, um, this article talks about the aluminum adjuvants inside of vaccines are insidiously unsafe, quote, and that causes long-term encephalopathies, okay, and degenerative dementia in humans. And this is the aluminum inside of the vaccines that we use. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. The article goes on to state, Quote, all these findings plausibly implicate aluminum adjuvants in pediatric vaccines has causal factors contributing to the increased rates of autism spectrum disorders in countries where multiple doses are almost universally administered. And uh, it's, it's interesting, The Lancet, uh, in Infectious Disease 2004, uh, so now if we're injecting this, and this is in the majority of vaccines, into our children, when they're 12 hours old, okay, and they're getting 72 shots by the time they're 18. And we know that the aluminum adjuvants in there indic indicate that it can cause systemic inflammatory responses and multiple, multiple different problems, such as problems with the brain, problems with uh, neurologic and neuropsychiatric, and problems with the gut. So you would think that this would be dangerous. Well, here's a, an article that says that they would wish that no more studies go on to look at aluminum. I know, I know, you heard that right. Here, this is out of Lancet's Infectious Disease 2004. Quote, despite a lack of good quality evidence, we do not recommend that any further research on this topic is undertaken because no obvious candidates to replace aluminum are available. So withdrawal for safety reasons would severely affect the immunogenicity and protective effect of some currently licensed vaccines and threaten immunization programs worldwide, end of quote. Yeah, you don't want to threaten the programs, um, just threaten the people. I know, it's nuts. Okay, so we're going to go over a couple of different studies that talk about, because there hasn't really been a clear vaccinated placebo study ever that's long-term, ever. Uh, but there was a couple of incidents where they looked at the DPT shot that they passed out in the 80s in Guinea-Bissau, and then they went back recently to look at the health of the population. And they, they did the vaccination back in the 80s according to birth date. So some people in the village uh, got vaccinated, some people didn't. And then the, the, you know, the UNICEF guys or whoever doing the shots left. And what they found was a five-fold increase in deaths in the vaccinated versus unvaccinated. That means that the vaccinated got more deaths than the unvaccinated. And that's kind of curious because you might think, well, wait a second, what, what, did they die of the disease? No, they didn't. Even the unvaccinated ones didn't. But they did die from other things. Why? Because we're injecting things that train the body to respond to an inflammatory process. And if you get a stimulus, like let's say you get a bee sting and you have inflammation of the lung and brains because you're allergic to the bees, you can die from a bee sting. 
and that's an immune system response. So we're hypersensitizing people's immune system response with all of these vaccines, antibiotics, medications, and we're seeing a massive rise in inflammatory diseases. Um, and we're going to go into um, the, the DPT shot, but particularly the pertussis. Uh, if you look at, and this was out of the Journal of Emerging Infectious Diseases, and the quote, recently vaccinated adults can infect unprotected infants. Now, that was a cool study out um, that was done by the, I think it was the FDA funded the study. There's another study in 2010 at the Pre Proceedings of the Royal Society of Biologic Science, and they said, sure enough, that if you get the shot, you become a carrier. It suppresses your symptoms, but you actually have a, a, more, um, a, a higher viral load if you got the shot than you didn't. And it's interesting because acetaminophen, which is something that's hugely um, popular, and this is in DayQuil, NyQuil, it's uh, in Tylenol, it's everywhere. The problem is, Listen to this. This is the title of the article from the Internal, um, International Journal of uh, Biochemistry and Cell Biology. Quote, acetaminophen decreases intracellular glutathione and modulates cytokine production in human alveolar macrophages and type 2 pneumocytis in, vi in vitro. In English, what I just said is acetaminophen uh, <laughs> damages your glutathione, decreases glutathione levels, and the glutathione is what protects your brain and liver. Uh, and so here we go, quote, impaired uh, endogenesis antioxidant defenses may have a role in pathogenesis of a number of inflammatory pulmonary diseases, including asthma. So does that mean that acetaminophen can increase that stressor and negatively affect lungs? Absolutely. Oxidative stress and celiac disease Again, that's another depletion of glutathione. So could this be a stress state, decreasing blood supply to the gut that's causing that celiac disease? Could it be a long-term poisoning? Could it be um, high Tylenol use or acetaminophen use? Uh, just look at the cause. Because glutathione is a master antioxidant. It's one of the main detoxification systems that you've got. You can find it in whey protein, raw dairy, sulfur-rich compounds. And I'm talking the good stuff like garlic, onions, broccoli, kale, cauliflower. I mean, just fantastic. We know that Tylenol and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like Advil, Motrin, Aleve decrease cartilage production. It inhibits the building block of cartilage and accelerates bone destruction. Now, they've done that since 1999, and that's the American Journal of Medicine. And then when you look at the standard drugs that decrease inflammation, why? Because they're called non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. So knowing that inflammation is a healing process of the body and your body is constantly in a state of regeneration, does this have negative effect? Well, it has a negative effect on your liver, a negative effect on your joints, uh, kidneys, and the, a couple of studies here, um, Long-term administration of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories have renal papillary necrosis. That means kidney damage. 
um, skin issues, it, it, toxic epidermal necritis, Stevenson-Johnson syndrome, all of these things, cardiovascular risks, gastrointestinal risks. I mean, if you look at the inflammatory diseases, and this is, a, again, we're going on philosophy here. Philosophy, what is your health philosophy? Is your body weak, stupid, and r- ridiculous? Or is it an intelligent design? Um, inflammatory diseases, what are they? Alzheimer's, autism, asthma, depression. Uh, when we look at strokes, okay, that's a, a lot of inflammatory diseases are coming from strokes. When we look at cardiovascular disease, uh, when we look at heart attacks, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, all of these are um, well inflammatory diseases, as well as heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's. I mean, it's it's like crazy. It's through the roof these type of diseases. And again, that's from tissue damage. So what can you do to correct this? Well, number one, restore blood supply and nerve supply to it. And that means healthy blood supply and nerve supply to the entire body. And I always put up five things. Nervous system check. You've got to have healthy nutrients, so good good nutrients. You've got to have exercise. So you got to move your body every day. Uh, you have to have prayer, meditation, and deep sleep. And if you get all of that, uh, you're going to be able to build tissue faster than you break it down. It, it seems too simple, but it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Now, here, I'm fixing a slide. Uh, one of the best things that you can do to strengthen your immune fish system is healthy omega-3s. Now, now, if you're a vegan or vegetarian, you can get it from um, healthy oils, okay? Like flaxseed oil is good, but be, be careful because flaxseed rancidifies very, very quickly. Uh, you have to avoid soybean oils, um, corn oil, peanut oil, cottonseed oil, canola oil. All of those things have a dangerous level of omega-6 to 3 uh, omega-3 fats, and we know that that can increase, it, or low omega-3 fats, increase damage from the inflammatory process. And this is why you can create inflammation by putting heat. Tissue damage is going to create inflammation. And inflammation is how the body heals. So what happens is the body goes in there and breaks down the damaged tissue, and it'll even break down some healthy tissue surrounding the injury. And that creates free radicals. Now, free radicals can damage healthy tissue. The reason that blueberries and and plant products and omega-3s have anti-inflammatory properties is they take care of and deactivate the free radicals. The key thing is non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, drugs to chemically stop that process, literally stop the body's ability to heal and that causes the tissue destruction and damage. So anti-inflammatories like juicing, blending, things like that, facilitate the inflammation process by, dam- by taking care of the free radicals, but it allows the inflammatory process to work. The non anti-inflammatories destroy that process and damage the body's ability to regenerate. Now, 
juicing, blending, fantastic. Because it gets a huge amount of nutrients in the system, particularly you being in a stressed state. Uh, vitamin D exposure, again, fantastically good for you. And look at more of a plant-based diet. When I say plant-based, that's not 100% no oil vegan. I mean mainly based in plants. And, and you might think, well, God, that's too simple. But it's true. So this means lots of dark green leafy vegetables. You're talking onions, garlics, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, um, prunes, cucumbers, dried basil. All of those are fantastic for, um, for vitamin K. So what do we have to do? Right now we've got to take charge of our health. And please, because you're, if you're paying attention, you're seeing we have a case epidemic, case epidemic. When they say 30 more cases, 300 more cases, 800 more cases were identified, that's because they're testing people. Now, the testing is 80% false positives, okay, up to 80% false positives. And so the testing is not really accurate. Um, but they're using it to keep the panic alive. If you look, every indices shows that hospitals are not overrun. They're actually very empty. Uh, that the death rates are lower this year than they were last year. Okay, so they're, they're, the only thing that you have to fear, like Franklin Roosevelt said, is fear itself. Remember, in the 40s, you had Roosevelt saying, the only thing to fear is fear itself. And the fascist government uh, in Europe, okay, particularly the Nazis, was saying, look, be afraid of the gypsies, be afraid of... Anyone that's not Aryan, be afraid of the Jews. Okay, they capitalized on fear, and that's what you're being fed now. You are living in a fascist state of America run by the media, and it's time that you change this narrative to start to understanding, understanding how your body is designed to live here. So, so do you want to capitalize on fear that you're weak and a virus is attacking you? Or do you want to capitalize on your strength, your beauty, that you're designed to live here? You're made in the image and likeness of God. Okay, capitalize on that. Look at what your great-grandparents did. With it. Without them, you wouldn't be here. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you. I love you. And this will all be on tonight. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.